afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Association Rock Stars, where we hear about the journey and insights of some amazing association executives and partners for building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm your host, Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO and strategy catalyst of Vistacova, where we partner with organizations on strategic facilitation and visioning. And it is my joy and my pleasure, and so far my laughter would seem, uh, to have with me today Russ and Ian Webb. By day, Ian, what I'm told is the better looking of the pair. Uh, Ian works for the Printing and Imaging Association of Georgia and the, as the Director of Marketing and Engagement. He's a double graduate of the University of Georgia, holding a bachelor's degree in advertising and a master's degree in emerging media. By night, he works as a creative freelancer doing branding and digital strategy, primarily for other associations and the 501c3 foundations, finding his passion at the intersection of both print and digital strategy. He strives to make the world a better place through advocacy design, as well as to eat as many quesadillas as humanly possible. And we already got to see his real Lowell froze. Not fine. <laughs> He's a tech ninja. He's a sunrise lover. He's a wearer of cool socks. He speaks some, he travels a lot, he's a Disney freak, and perhaps most importantly, he's Ian's dad. Welcome. Thanks for having us. We yeah, appreciate thank it. You. Thank Lowell's having the same issues that we have sometimes that in my internet connection down here today. Maybe we'll use the I spectrum think, as well. So, it's all good. This is the first time we're having father. Hey Lowell, this is Amy. If you can hear me, stop sharing your video. Your internet connection is kind of bad. And we'll see if we can get you back. If not, I'll pop on and try to <laughs> do this interview today. Let's see if that works better. Yep, you're sounding yep, good. I hear you. Excellent. Yeah. So let's hear let's hear your cross superpowers. Russ, what's Ian's? Ian, what's Russ's superpower? I'll go first. Um, so Ian has the unique ability to be able to tell someone's story through, uh, through images, through design. Um, he can talk to a group and kind of figure out who it is that, what it is that they do, who they are, um, and, and show that through their, through their branding. And he's also taught me there's a very big difference between a logo and a brand. And, uh, and he's able to tell an organization's story through, through their branding. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a pretty unique thing to be able to do. I love that. I, I love that uh, already you're talking about how he has taught you. It's wonderful. Um, for him, so anyone who knows us knows that when I was growing up, the thing that he would ask me every morning is, what is today going to be? And the answer is always, today is going to be a great day. Um, so I would say his superpower is his like optimism or positivity, like his just general outlook on things like, you know, approach a situation of positivity and good intent and that's what you'll get out of it rather than approaching it with any kind of negativity and you'll feel that throughout the whole process. 
good lessons learned. We have powerful tellings of story through brand. We have positivity, good things to lead us into a journey into a conversation here. You know, we're having you on because clearly, you know, father and son are both working in the industry. Uh, what, something that's come up in a number of these conversations is about the need for like empathy and understanding. And I'm just wondering if we could start there as you think about the leadership that you are, that you interact with, what do you see from our association industry today as sort of key places that leaders are succeeding or need to focus on? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. So you know, one of the things that I've noticed with the organizations that I, my personal organization and the ones that I interact with is that, you know, that listening has become um, a, a, it's always been important, but now it's become more important than ever. Um, hearing what your members are saying, um, understanding the issues that they're going through and then addressing those needs. Uh, that's been super important for us. And right now we were, we were just, Ian's wearing a shirt that says socially distant. And it's, you know, it's interesting because we are, uh, we talk to our members all the time about, you know, I'm, my members are in a people facing business and now they're being told they can't face people. Yeah. So it is such an interesting thing for our association to have to turn around and change the way that we are, are helping them. And I think that listening, you know, is the number one skill. And I've seen, thankfully, a lot of great uh, associations everywhere learn that that listening is super important. I would concur with that. I mean, so our association is, uh, like Will said, it's the Printing and Imaging Association. So it's going to be a more traditional membership base because um, we're talking commercial printers. So, I mean, if we're being completely honest, you know, our board up until two years ago was 100% old white men over the age of 70. Um, and so as me, like say that I was working for one of these companies, you know, I'd come in, if I was coming into a, a association event or something, and I, this is who I saw as like leading the organization, I'd be like, no, this is not for me. Um, so I think listening and like listening to your membership base, especially the youngest people in the membership, because these people are going to be the next people and you have to almost get them in early and make them interested in wanting to stay involved and become leaders within their own organizations. Um, because if you don't, I mean, you basically are putting an expiration date on your association. Are you each focusing on becoming better listening? You both are echoing listening, right? So, uh, I, I had you on because I think both of you are amazing listeners, but how is that a skill set that you look to deepen in yourselves? Well, for me, I mean, I realized that, you know, sometimes, you know, we all listen to respond, not listen to hear. And so what I've started doing is making sure that I'm hearing all the viewpoints um, before any decisions are made or before anything goes into process on that. And you know, that's just, that's, that's, it's a hard skill. And, you know, the, the, having the ability to understand that you're not hearing the whole story. And, you know, a lot of what's happened this year you know, in our country with, you know, the, the, with the, you know, people as being such a divided nation. And then a lot of stuff that's, that's happened with the diversity and inclusion things, you know, made me realize that I need to be a, a better listener. And I need to understand that I need to hear from all sides. And are we, are we sure that, you know, the, the organization is inclusive, that our leaders are, are, are inclusive of everybody that we serve. That's been for me. I, I take that extra time. Ian? Um, yeah, I agree, especially, you know, like I said, a couple of years ago, that was PIAG's board was all old white men. And 
I think the board and like, you know, my boss, Jason, um, they've done an amazing job of like listening and like kind of looking at all viewpoints and being able to recruit more diverse leaders onto the board. Um, and then like kind of is a much more like micro example of like just general listening that I do kind of on a daily basis is like when I first started, you know, we have a very, like every association, there's going to be a very vocal um, faction of the membership and they're going to make things known to you. And if you don't kind of dig a little deeper, you're going to think that's probably like the only opinion, the only, um, you know, thing that they want to hear. So for example, you know, one of my jobs that I do is I compile our magazine and we do it quarterly. Um, and when I first started, you know, I was I, like, I listened to what my predecessor had told me about the magazine and how he compiled it. And then I listened to, you know, the couple members that I would talk to because they're very vocal and they call in a lot of whatever. And I think, and so in my brain, I had this picture of like, this is what membership wants from magazine. And then as I started going out and talking to more members and like either on like visits to sites or, you know, calling them for something else that I start a conversation, I started to learn that like, the reason that people other didn't have an opinion is because like they didn't listen in the past. They didn't think that like the new generation of leadership would listen. So there's a, I don't want to say a stigma that like associations are going to have to fight in the coming years. It's like, you know, if your association was not, you know, a super, you know, A plus association in the you nineties know, to the early two thousands, like the early tens, you know, you're going to have to battle that going forward. And then soon now our members are more, aware that Jason and I are willing and ready to listen um, and we're like excited to hear about the different things that our members want not necessarily just what the vocal faction wants. I think what's interesting is that clearly each of you have depth of listening but I think you also tell stories in different ways. I mean that's what we heard a little bit of your introductions and you know listening is only as good as what we can learn from it right how it changes our perspectives how it changes our actions. So from the listening you're both doing, I mean, Russ, you've been with the Apartment Association down there for two years now? How many no, just about, about a year, um, 21 years with the other association before that. Years and then, Ian, you were just hearing about two years. So from what you're hearing, right, like you both have sort of fresh eyes and hearing, how are you translating that into actually how you're telling your story? So for me, I mean, you know, we're, it's so funny, we were talking earlier about um, I was talking with a, a buddy of mine running another organization and basically was saying that, you know, I'm, like Ian said, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I only see the donut when other people see the hole. Um, that's, that's, that's just me. It's who I am. But the, one of the most interesting things that I think by listening and what's come out of the stuff with COVID is that I realized that associations, you know, a lot of times we don't want to get rid of those, you know, those sacred cows, those things that, um, we've had, we've been doing forever, doing the same way, and we just don't want to get rid of them because what Ian, what Ian said a minute ago about there's a small group of people who, you know, are very vocal, and we always say, you know, the ones who know it, the, who know, the ones who know the least know it the loudest, um, mm -hmm. and the, by, by actually taking this time and listening to what we're, listening to what people are saying and hearing truly what they want, it's allowing us to kind of reshape a lot of what we do. Um, getting rid of some of the sacred cows, bringing in some things that our members find more valuable. Um, and as we plan forward, realizing that another thing that like, so a lot of our members have said, you know, we realize that we've really enjoyed your, 
education, for example, and we could never really take advantage of it in person because it was too far for us to travel or whatever. But now that we've been doing virtual, so now we realize like, for example, my association, we're going to be doing, even when we get back to all in-person stuff, we're going to have a virtual aspect of everything. Um, we're going to be doing that automatically. So that's how we're taking a little bit of it and putting it in motion. Yeah, we're very, we have very similar in a way, like, you know, where our associations are um, between him and I, even though they're completely different industries, like they were kind of at the same place that, you know, my boss, who's amazing, he came in a couple of years ago to an association that just kind of remained stagnant for so many years. Um, and so he's been big on listening. And then I've been really big on like listening and trying to translate. So that might even be, you know, the, the smallest of things is, so we used to do these events called Mix and Mingles. Um, and the, I, I think they're great. They're like little networking hours, just like kind of a cocktail reception. There's no, it, really and truly like, they're not really supposed to be work related. It's supposed to be like, get to know your colleagues in the industry. And I think that's a great thing for any association to use because it's, taking the people that are representing in the industry out of the industry and like getting to know each other on a personal level. Right. But we only host them in Atlanta and Georgia is the biggest state east of the Mississippi. And we're talking, you know, to get from Atlanta from Valdosta, you're four hours, four or five hours. And so like no one's going to drive that far to meet other people that live in the same area as them. So you know, the idea of taking these things on the road was an idea that we had and we did and it was very successful. I mean, some of them more successful than others, but that's just more of a, you know, where we chose to host them. But that's the thing that, like a good example of like listening, people say, you know, we don't know who you are. Well, of course they didn't know who we are. We never came to them. They had right. to come to us. Right. I love that. I mean, the idea of listening, telling stories, being where the people are whose story you're trying to tell. I, uh, so I want to shift from organization focused for a moment to take advantage that I have a father and son here. Russ, did, did you ever guess that Ian was going to come into the association world? Like, like is this a surprise? Yeah, it was beyond a surprise. Um, you know, it's funny. I think when Ian was, was young, he was one of the only kids who probably could explain to somebody what an association actually was. Because um, as most of us, when we stumble into association work, although forever, um, Ian, when someone asked you when you were little what your dad did for a living, what did you say? I said he moved boxes around. I moved boxes around, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it... Uh, yes, obviously. Yeah, never thought he would end up in the association space, although I always, you know, he's got the, the right skill set for it. Because, you know, like me, he's a problem solver. Um, he likes to solve problems. He does. He likes to be challenged. And the, he doesn't do well with stuff that's monotony, you know, the, the same thing every day. So and I think that's a big part of, you know, associations is that we get to get challenged every day with a different lineup. Yeah. Ian, how would you describe your, your own journey? I mean, you know, I, I've known you all for more than a few years now. And uh, the fact that you're not here riding your dad's coattails. I mean, you've, you've had a good voice of vision leadership of your own for years now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I wanted to do, for being completely honest. Um, so my undergrad is in advertising, and the I can talk about the blue, so I'm blue in the face, but the advertising programs in the United States are very focused on 
sending you into work for an ad agency. So working in an agency structure where you, you know, will maybe work on like four or five accounts at a time. Um, and you work on a team usually with like four or five people and that's kind of it, but you do the same job just for different people. And so it's a changing environment, but it's never super different. Um, and you never have full creative like process over your job because there's always going to be that senior executive or senior senior or the senior 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 sales executive. So there's always someone over you that's going to like, not necessarily micromanage, but like tell, tell you the direction that you're going. So coming out of undergrad, I had no idea what I wanted to do because I did not want to go into the agency route. I just knew that wasn't for me. So I went to grad school, um, went through grad school, did my research um, in two different uh, kind of areas. One was nonprofit communication. Um, and it was basically doing like work for dad's old association. Um, I did like case studies and stuff out of that. And then also on aviation communication, so for airlines. And I actually really thought that the airline route was gonna be the way I was gonna go because hmm. it was the most interesting research I had done. Like I really knew it, I was really passionate about it. And then this uh, opportunity came up and I was like, this feels perfect. <laughs> And so I took the job and that's kind of how I got here. I love that. Like the, the road was sort of laid before you even got there and you were able to take what you were able to learn and apply it. You know, it's a, it's a turbulent time right now, clearly so many different ways. Uh, you know, as the, as the two of you have conversations, any predictions or foresight you have, of what do you think, uh, our our industry associations are are going towards. I mean, I I think there's never been a more pivotal a, a more pivotal point than right now for associations. I think that um, associations, and I, I hate to use the term "prove their worth," um, but that is kind of a lot of what I think as as businesses are being forced to evaluate every dollar and every expenditure. Um, I think that, you know, if an association is providing value, um, then it, it's one of the things that will be, you know, protected in, in, in the budget line. And, and I think, again, it's, it's one of those things where you know, we need to look at everything that we're doing. And I, I am lucky that I have a, you know, super bright son who's, you know, Gen Z, and I can ask him questions about his generation and, and how they feel about things. And I've been doing that with him for years. Because for me, I always want to make sure that we are not only, you know, marketing and, and being uh, good to who we have, but who we're going to have as members. That's been very important for me. But yeah, this, the pivotal time, I think, at the associations right now is going to require them to probably re-examine the way that they've done a lot of things in the past. Um, and, 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 I, and I can't imagine that most associations aren't making or aren't going to have to make some fairly major shifts at where they thought they were going to be, you know, even, even a year ago. Yeah. In a way, like, I think we approach it slightly differently. Like you were kind of approaching it more from like a organizational standpoint. Um, mine is more like the value or like what, like the specifics things that associations offer um like i think gone are the days that we do these like god-awful like networking fake handout business it's so nice to meet you it's not it's not nice to meet you i don't want to be here neither do you like that's the thing that you know my generation is way more open about like this is dumb why do we do this 
Right. So I think it's going to shift more to a, you know, casualer environment um, in terms of networking and like letting it not be forced, but, you know, associations need to become the catalyst and create an environment where networking can happen, but don't force it. You know, if, you, if I go to a conference, like the last thing I want to see is a, you know, two hour networking opportunity slot on the schedule. Like that's, you're just gonna put us in a room and tell us network, but that's not how networking works. You have to have something in common, like, you know, hosting more of topical things or like, you know, hosting, I think a great example is um, GSA that we're both involved in um, does a tech showcase in November. Um, I think tech showcase is like one of the best ideas ever because it brings all these people together around the idea of technology. Um, and then you can network with people there about technology, or if you have questions you want answered, you can get them answered about technology. So you're not like at some general conference trying just to network in general, you have a specific purpose to be there. Agreed. Yeah, the time on these always goes by so quickly. Uh, and I have many more questions I wanna ask, but I'll, I'll move to what I love to close with. And, uh, Ian, I'm going to ask you first, uh, because I think we'll have some different perspectives here. Uh, knowing that, of course, uh, that there are many things left to do. As you think about you know, your role, uh, what legacy do you want to leave behind uh, within your life within the association? world? I think mine would be like, I, kind of, I, I operate on the mindset of like, leave, it's, I was a scout, I was a Cub Scout. And so it's like, you know, leave nothing behind is kind of the thing. But I kind of have this mindset of leave the world better than I found it. So if I inherited a mess, I want to clean that mess up and give that to the next generation. Like, I don't want to just hand off. I don't want to just, I feel like for so long, generations have just been passing the mess down. And like, I want my generation to be the one that fixes the mess in each industry whatever, you know, education, yeah. advocacy, that kind of everything like that in whatever industry that, you know, we represent, fix the messes of our association and hand it out. So like that, that is for the, in general, and then like a specific job. Like, you know, if I ever leave PIAG, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I kind of wrap PIAG up a nice little bow and give it to my like successor to yeah. be like, you know, I took care of this. I want you to take care of it like I did too. And Russ, do you have legacy contemplation? Yeah, I also want Ian's generation to fix the problems. I also would like <laughs> that. Um, I, um, you know, for me, as far as, you know, association um, stuff goes, if I could make, uh, if I can touch enough people through when I speak or when I you know, send them information or whatever, I would facilitate. If I could have enough people understand that, um, that change is not a four-letter word. Um, if I could get to that point and have organizations realize that changing is important and that for and that growth is inevitable um, and that we need to always continue to evolve as organizations. If I could have that mindset um, with the people that I've worked with and the people that, you know, that come after me that say, you know, this was this. Now I understand we don't have to be who we've always been we can be something different that I will feel like that's accomplished something really good. And, you know, and then what, and the last thing I would say is, you know, what the thing I told Ian his whole life growing up, you know, the, the first choice 
you make every day when you open your eyes is today's going to be a good day or today's going to be a bad day. And you make the choice to make it a great day. And if you can do that, then you'll impact so many other people. Enthusiasm's contagious. It truly is. Well, I, I know any day I get to spend time with the two of you, it's a great day. Uh, and I'll say my own legacy, I hope I get my own opportunity at some point to be able to share a stage, virtual or otherwise, with my, my own children and be able to you know, share what is clearly a relationship of not just love and support, but of intelligence and insight and voice that industry needs. I'm just very grateful to both of you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I want to, of course, give a thank you and a shout out to Amy Hager, who's making all the magic happen. Uh, she's there helping to moderate the questions and to make sure that I stay on track. Uh, and of course, uh, thank you to all of you uh, for joining in as well for each of these. We'd love to hear your questions, to hear your comments, to hear your suggestions of who else you think should be on Association of Rockstars, you know, a place that we're looking to build further support and to elevate profiles and people in our community. Looking forward to our next conversation, and until next time, association. Bye.